Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. And welcome to another edition, another episode, another chapter of Shots Fired. I'm obviously joined by a crew. I'm backed by some supreme beings. I'm backed by some incredible people. We're going to start with G. What's going on, G? Ain't nothing much. Doing good. How's everybody else doing? What up? Tremendous. Tremendously drained. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Kairos Bodley. I'm doing great. I'm excited. I got stuff accomplished, like I can't be any more happy. And last but by no means least, the man, the myth, the legend. He's just like, he's the shining beacon of this show. He's the oh, man sure. that people look up to. He's the man that brings the heat each and every time. It's just Sanga Malata. How are you doing? I'm just preparing myself to go to war with my brother Leon, you know, all the way over in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we shouldn't really joke about, obviously, what's going on. I know, on I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's a travesty, right. and um, we're going to get into that ever so slightly later. But my brother Leon, who has come from the mean streets of South London, uh, for those of you who are listening and uh, for our illustrious co-hosts who don't know, Leon has spirited himself from South London to the Ukraine because he can see that there is a, a war going on and he wanted to back it. He wanted to use his skills. He wanted to use his expertise to take up arms. As soon as he got there though, he was told that he was a liability. So he's now no longer on the front lines, no longer part of the army, but is um, making his way uh, along the border and trying to basically help where he can there. But it strikes me that Brother Leon is uh, kind of more interested in his own fame and fortune than helping the Ukrainians. That's how I can see it. I mean, you rein me in if you think I'm being out of order, Chisanga, but my guy just is, is, is one, sh well, one Instagram post short of his own reality TV series. Yeah, man. And uh, even... Even like in the VT before he even left the country, I'm sure you saw, I think it was on ITV or, yeah, I think it was on ITV news that he was wearing his own like gym branded content and everything. And it just, I mean, yeah, it felt like a disingenuous, uh, it, it felt very disingenuous from, from, from the get go. But if he is actually out there on the front lines and he's helping people, fair, fair play to him. I mean, I mean, Lord, Lord knows I wouldn't step any, anywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't step foot on the continent of Europe right now. So <laughs> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, just before we delve into what we've each brought to the party, I just want to just kind of like cast our eye and cast basically our memories back over the past weekend and really want to start from Friday. We have never had it so good in one weekend. One championship, LFA, Bellator 276, P3 
PFL Challenger Series, UFC, of course. Wood versus Conlon, you must have seen. I mean, okay, I know it's boxing. I know we're an MMA show, but you must have seen that incredible KO of Michael Conlon in the last or the dying embers of the last round of um, an incredible clash, an incredible fight. And um, what I want to touch upon, though, I mean, usually the, 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 the norm is that we do centre on the UFC and are very UFC-centric, but I really want to... Wanna, what I want to bring to the table in terms of what has actually um, piqued my interest this past weekend in terms of combat. And it, uh, obviously we can go into what floated our mutual boats, but it was Levels Fight League and the return of Tom Brees. We are um, seeing a, a return to combat sports by Tom Brees, who, you know, I suppose in, to a certain extent has got a soft spot in my heart because he, as you know, in the UFC, is a UFC vet, didn't fare too well. And it was because of the, I think he, it's a, a crushing case of anxiety yeah. that he's living with. And um, mental illness, obviously, is a debilitating thing, which to a certain extent can be a career ender. And it was just incredible to see him pick himself up after leaving the UFC. And um, he is now the middleweight title holder in Levels Fight League after defeating David Ramirez. I think it was um, second round rear naked choke, but it's incredible to see where he has come from considering, you know, um, what he has been battling and that is mental ill health. So, I mean, that's what I really wanted to bring if we were gonna reminisce over what has occurred over the past few days in terms of combat sports and going around the table. I know starting with G, G was quite enamored with the UFC uh, card. I don't want to preempt what's coming, but I think it might be very UFC centric in terms of her recollection of what kind of like really did it for her this past weekend. So on to you, G. I think Terrence McKinney fighting like a crackhead in the first round against Drew Dober was everything, okay? Everything, okay? I don't care how I feel about the kid, how he tweets, how he looks, I don't give a fuck. That first round was everything. You had excitement. You had, what, he knocked down Drew Dober like four times. I thought he was unconscious every other second of the fight. And then Drew Dober maintains composure, eats a couple of shots, and then knees him and ends the fight. It was, it was great for both fighters because I don't think Terrence's stock goes down with that fight, even though he lost. I think we're still talking about him. I think we're still intrigued. And he's a hell of an athlete, and I want to see more of him. And good on Drew Dober for bouncing back, getting a win, and also showing a little bit of veteran in him that he could just maintain, show composure, and beat this little young prospect. So that's what got me going in, in, um, for UFC. What about y'all? Jisanga Malata. For me, it was the um, it was one championship. Was it was it on Friday? One championship was um, during Friday. the. During the daytime, and for us, it's like I, I was just talking to my work colleague um, when I was in the office beforehand. I love it when there are combat sports events that take place in, in Asia because we get them at around 11 or 12 o'clock or, or mm -hmm. a, a reasonable time, a reasonable time. Um, I'm not going to go into uh, the sacrifices that we have to make as uh, European fight fans in terms of sleep. That's, that's well documented. But yeah, man, that one championship card, uh, it was awesome. Uh, obviously, Martin, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Martin, I, I'm not even going to say his name. Martin Ningen beat, <laughs> I'm sorry, my pronunciation is horrendous. 
beat uh, Kirill Gobret, but obviously um, you know, the viral image from that, well, there are two viral images, was uh, John Lineker knocking Bibiano Fernandez into next week with uh, his, his pattern and left hook and Gary Tonin going for a heel hook and, uh, <laughs> and realizing this ain't jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. But no, that card was uh, what really floated my boat this weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah, this weekend, as, as well as... Um, as well as UFC, or, or even though I've only watched half of it, and uh, Conlon Wood and I, I, G, I'm, I'm Kairos, I'm not sure if you saw Michael Conlon against Lee Wood, but yeah, he um, it was an absolutely amazing fight, and he got knocked out of the in well the dying embers of the fight, and then he literally fell backwards out of the room. That's the that's the dude that fell through the ropes and died on the floor outside. Uh, yes, the well, he's right? fine. He's fine, but yes, thank God. For for a moment, it looked. It looked touch and go because the the camera uh, the broadcast didn't give any update on him whatsoever and the camera didn't go to him whatsoever so yeah, yeah. but thankfully he's fine now brother kairos what uh, what floated your boat this weekend um i have to pay my homage i gotta pay respect to the greatest fighter on the planet right now and that is the 165 pound champion kevin lee yep in fact uh, okay i gotta stop the bullshit guys <clears throat> this is a problem okay here's the problem although he won his bout although it was 30 27 that did not look like a fighter who was the best fighter in the division for him to claim to be the best 165 on earth is irresponsible untruthful no it's a lie it's a lie from what i saw I don't care that it's 165 and it's a different division and we aren't used to fighting at this and all those other factors you fought diego sanchez he had multiple moments and it shouldn't have been close at all. I get it. I'm sitting in my chair with Cheeto hands and I'm saying stuff like this, but it does not make it wrong. Kevin, you got some stuff to work on. And the first thing you need to do is get the fuck out of TriStar. Stop, stay as far away from Farasahab as you can. That is the highlight of my Saturday. I love I have Kevin. a question. I have a question. <laughs> did you hear that he was injured and does that play any part in your decision as to what you said just now i heard in the first round he hurt himself yeah he hurt his knee one of the first kicks diego landed that's what i heard but until i hear about mris until i hear he's out for x amount of months i don't care because if you aren't out for x amount of time then it must not have been that serious of an injury no, that, that, that's fair enough, to be honest. I, like, like, as you say, you, you, have to, you have to provide receipts. You can't just, just yeah. claim, oh, I hurt myself. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure Diego it. got hurt in the fight, too. Yeah. That's I true. was kind of shocked, though, y'all, that it was not a mismatch. I think all of us thought that he was going to go out there and annihilate Diego. And rightfully so. Diego hasn't looked good in years. Whether he's got Joshua Fabio on his side or not, that man gets smoked, okay? We all saw the Matt Brown elbow. We've all yeah. seen him get annihilated. We saw him be like, if I go home and take this disqualification, do I still get a win? Because he knew Michelle Pierre was killing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I totally expected Kevin Lee to kick his ass. And what I saw was a competitive fight, which was just kind of shocking to me. You know, first off, Kairos, thank you for reminding me that Eagle FC took place this past weekend as well. But secondly, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to take back, I'm going to walk back what I said about Diego Sanchez being over the hill, Diego Sanchez needing to hang them up, Diego Sanchez um, basically being a spent force, because what he showed in this is that that's total bullshit, that is total wrong, that's a total fabrication, he was very much in this, 
in that fight from start to finish. And it yes. makes me think, it makes me think maybe it was Joshua Fabio who was the, the kind of like pariah on his career. Maybe that is what was, has been holding him back because he looked decent. Mm. Yeah, he looked decent. But again, like, and, and, and I don't think Kevin's lying or what have you. But if Kevin, yeah, it, I, it looked as if Kevin was hindered. It, it, it did look like it was hindered, but I'm not trying to totally detract away from what Diego did. Diego made a, a good fight of it. And Diego Sanchez, how old is he now? He must be 40. 38. So he's only 38. I, okay, I so think. No, I'm, I just threw that out. I think there. he's 40. I don't know. I think he must be 40. He's, he's, yeah, he's bang on 40. He's bang on 40. Um, well, not, not to say fighters in their 40s can't, can't do well. I mean, MMA has a history of that. But um, c- considering the damage that he's taken and the. Um, the wear and tear of just of, of, on on the mind clearly as as well as the body like it was it was a very it was a very good display but i think for kevin maybe nerves kind of played a, a thing into this as well because he was expected to to make diego add diego sanchez to his highlight reel he, 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 he was mm, expected sure, so sure. i i think that could have could have factored into it. and also there's the added pressure of him going into the fight on the back of the the two losses to um Charles Oliveira and Daniel Rodriguez, which are, there's no shame in those losses whatsoever. So I think that probably contributed to it, but I'm happy to see him back in the win column and hopefully this will see him get his confidence back and then he can, uh, well, well, obviously win win a championship and then get paid more. And I think I saw um, that he got paid $110,000 for his last UFC fight, but he got paid double that, $220,000 for this fight. So that's good, but... It, it brings me to a question that I'm pretty sure... Better not be in crypto, time. though. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, brings me to a question that we asked last time about Ego. See, where the hell are they getting this money from? Like this bottomless pit of money to sign these former fighters and give them big paychecks. Ah, I don't know. Paying fighters in crypto. That's what I think. Paying fighters in crypto. An like oligarch, speak- maybe, or two in the... Uh- Boom. In the background. Yeah, Perhaps. <laughs> Real quick, since we brought up 40-year-olds, did y'all see the 40-year-old Kennedy um, and the fucking mm-hmm. Chris Martino um, career? You remember oh the kid that God. fought Sean O'Malley? And yeah. Sean, he, used, he used his face to block punches and Sean yeah. could not knock him out? Well, last night, a 42-year-old man on the prelims beat the fuck out of that kid again and knocked him out while standing. And it made me think, why couldn't Sean O'Malley knock this kid out? In the first round, this 42-year-old man from Argentina knocked that kid silly. And if y'all haven't seen that fight, please go back and watch it. And also, I am sure Chris Matino is going back to the regionals. And I, I hope he does with thoughts and prayers, y'all. He is not ready for the big <laughs> leagues. But y'all, if you haven't seen it, especially because I know you UK fellas need sleep and can't stay up for these prelims and whatnot, go back and watch Chris Matino versus Kennedy and get back to me, Okay. <laughs> Well, enough of the uh, rare view mirror and looking at what has actually transpired over the past few days. <clears throat> it's time when we actually, in the uh, time-honoured fashion, bring something to the table. And uh, I'm going to kick things off only because I've alluded to it twice now in the course of us talking um, over the course of this 15 minutes. But just to say that you must have been under a rock if you not actually seen what's actually going out there in the big wild world. There was a war going on, there's an invasion going on, and um, Ukraine is actually bearing the brunt of this. Now, I think this needs a little bit of a setup 
so that what I'm going to say afterwards um, can be contextualized by the setup. Now, over the last two weeks, um, if you follow me on Twitter, you will know that I've spent a lot of time uh, within spaces talking to a lot of the people who were having trouble crossing the border from Ukraine to Poland. Now, the majority of those people, I would say 99.9% of them are black and African and have been discriminated against, have been racially abused at the border. So not to say that I was doing all the work, I was part of a crisis center, which was established on Twitter. And it was basically full of people who were either working in communications or knew a thing or two about getting messages out there or um, knew a thing or two about crisis management. So this was going on like days and days and days and days because of the travesty that was unfolding on away from our TV screens. Just to put it in a very neat bow, for those Africans who were typically students who were fleeing to the border, and that was the Polish border, um, they were being denied, they were being pushed back at some, and in certain instances, they were being threatened with knives and with guns and were told you will not cross because you are black. Now, I got the message out along with a whole load of others onto our timelines and that's when the press picked up on it. I personally went into a lot of uh, mainstream journalists inboxes and say and said basically why aren't you doing anything about this why aren't you reporting on it then miraculously they started reporting on it now i set that up to say this there is more to what's going on in ukraine that that actually meets the eyes and it's not just about um russia subjugating uh, ukraine now hopefully I don't get cancelled for saying this, but I just feel as though I'm just speaking my mind and I'm speaking from the experience that those on the border actually experience and them being um, black and African. It's a travesty what's going on there. There's a humanitarian disaster within a humanitarian disaster. So the reason why I set that up is because a few days later, I saw on KSW's Twitter feed this particular message. Due to the Russian Federation's invasion of Ukraine, KSW has made a tough, albeit ethically justifiable decision to cancel Russian fighter Shamil Musayev's fight, which was scheduled for KSW 68 on March the 19th in Radom. Now, that pissed me off no end because what I'm seeing there from where I'm sat is more subjugation, is more, it, it's almost, I suppose at best, and this is at best, it's um, discrimination. At, at worst, you're looking at, you know, out and out racism, oppression and suppression. And my question to you, is that justified given what's going on in Ukraine, given what we've seen on a day-to-day -day basis of um, Ukraine women, children um, affected by the displacement and the war, the casualties that we're seeing as well? 
is that justified? Or should there be a line drawn between a tyrannical madman, which I do see Putin as being, and those people who are caught up in the war by the nature and by the virtue of the fact that they are Russian? I'm going to go with G. <laughs> I personally think there should be a line drawn, like you said. I don't think that all Russians and athletes should be punished for the work of a tyrannical leader, dictator in Putin. And also I feel really bad for the sanctions that are being placed on Russia right now. You know, I'm sure that's pretty controversial to say because you, know, you do have to kind of punish Russia and Vladimir Putin for what he's done. But then you also have to think about the people right now that are suffering from these you know, sanctions, the flights, the canceling of this, the canceling of that, and not getting the support from other countries and what they're going through. But as far as athletes, I don't think we should be stopping Russian athletes from participating in sports right now. You're really only punishing the athlete. I'm sure Putin doesn't give a rat's ass when he hears that so-and-so is not competing in some type of you know, championship fight or whatever. And I think it's more of a grandstand for that organization to say, hey, I align myself with Russia. I think it's more of them taking a stance and making a public stance rather than really taking, you know, putting their foot up Putin's ass. Right now, Putin is worried about that war. He doesn't care. In fact, did they take his um, black belt from him? You think he cares? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like they took his black belt from him. They have given him all types of sanctions. And guess what? Didn't they just take the capital recently? It has not stopped his, you know, the. It has not stopped him from invading Ukraine and hurting so many people. So punishing the fighters for it, I, I don't agree with it. And I don't also agree with Russian fighters not being able to display their flags right now as they're fighting. I don't think that's a sign of, oh, I'm with Putin. You can still be proud of your country and not be happy with your leadership and still go out there and fight a good fight. So I think punishing them is just really stupid and just a way for KSW to just grandstand with their alliance with Ukraine. And I'm going to leave you until last, um, Chishanga. There's a there's a reason for this because I'm going to do this. Um, there's a, there's a separate question for you in oh, the context yeah, yeah. of UFC London and the fact that you're reporting on it. But I'm going to go with Kairos next. Yeah, I don't think this was really well thought out by a lot of these people who want to make a stand or punish um, citizens. I I see things about. Um, different websites shutting down services to um, Russian citizens, different services. And it's like, you are hurting the working class of people who aren't even not only participating in this war, but probably don't even support it either. So why are we doing sins of the father, sins of the mother, whatever you prefer, and handing it down onto these people? There's people who are now not able to make a living, not able to pay their bills, not able to do anything because their primary source of income is based online. It was cute and funny when Pornhub was like, all right, we aren't letting our stuff be shown to Russian or whatever, and people were laughing, ha, ha, ha. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, it's not going to stop there. It's not going to stop with the porn. <laughs> Like, I'm sure Twitch, YouTube, all them stuff, I'm pretty sure those people are going to be like, good, we're cutting our services off to those people. All right, mm -hmm. streamers have families. Streamers have, like, I just don't think it was very smart. Travel, another problem. So now they can't get the fuck out. <laughs> you got people who can't get the fuck out now, and now they're being held responsible. So what are their options except for die? Why? And the, I don't like the fact with the, um, what organization was it that you said did this? Yeah, I think that is just 
hypocritical. There's a lot of fighters in that organization who have backing and support from terrible human beings. And what are you doing about those people? So I come to you, Chisanga, and I come to you last, and there is a special reason for this. You'll be reporting on UFC London for the next, what, five days. Correct. Our country specifically has this mantra that it's not going to institute a no-fly zone because that would be a declaration of war. But what it has said is that Russian athletes coming to the country will be barred, will be banned. Do you think it's right that they should have made a special dispensation? Because it must have been some kind of like um, behind the scenes negotiations to allow um, to allow uh, Volkov, Alexander Volkov to come in and Timo Valuev. Now, I want you to answer the first question I asked everybody first, and then the second, second, obviously. Uh, okay, so do I think a line should be drawn in the sand that Russian athletes in general shouldn't be punished? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with that. Kairos's analogy that um, you, you, you wouldn't punish somebody for the sins of the, the mother or sins, sins of the father. Um, that, that, that's, that, that rings true. I mean, and as G said beforehand, I, I'd, I'd probably say, uh, well, I'd probably say like maybe 80% of the, 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 the Russian, the general Russian population don't agree with, with the war and, and, and the invasion. And then maybe the, the other 20% are bought into the propaganda and what, what have you. But <clears throat> to punish, <laughs> to, to punish an entire nation. And as, like, as G mentioned, the sanctions and everything to punish an entire a nation, just because one, one man bad is trying to, um, is, uh, is, is, is trying to flex his, his, his military might and and uh, seize seize denazify well that that's a whole nother conversation that we could actually get into but anyway yeah. um because <laughs> it turns out there is a tiny bit of a problem there but anyway um yeah one man's crusade to um to to uh, to to bring back the USSR essentially this 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 is what this is what the beginning of it is in in, in my in my opinion to punish to punish those uh, those innocent and people who haven't and this is very important people who haven't publicly aligned themselves with with uh, with Putin and have no previous history of doing so I think is completely unfair and it's completely harsh I mean uh, like I mean. You're 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 not punishing athletes for. Oh, well, I'm trying to think of other asshole leaders or or, or, or what have you. Like uh, there, there's a, there's a myriad, but you get you get the uh, you get the notion that I'm trying to trying to bandy forward here. That I I just think it's completely unfair to to, to punish them uh, for. For the uh, for the acts of a for the for the acts of a madman, it'd be different. It'd be different. So you know the Chelsea owner Roman Abramovich. He's been slapped with sanctions. He's had all of his assets frozen in the UK, and obviously that's caused chaos for Chelsea. But he's one of Putin's cronies, so it's like, and he's basically one of the people kicking up money towards him. And I, uh, I read today, and it was a piece in the Guardian that he actually owns twenty nine percent of a company that is uh, that makes uh, that makes the metal for the tanks that are being used in this. That's war. right. So it's complete. So it's completely justified, and the, the subsequent sanctions on Chelsea are completely justified. Um, but to 
just to so blasely punish anybody just because they so, so happen to be born on on uh, Apache land in Russia, just it, I think is completely wrong. So the second part of the question, you're going to be covering UFC London this coming week. Um, was it right for, there must have been some behind the scenes um, negotiations, uh, I think I'll, I'll say, to allow um, Volkov and uh, Timo Valuev to, to come through. Because if, if I'm wrong in saying this, correct me, but the official line I thought was, um, the athletes coming into the country was a definite no-no because there were subsequent um, arrangements made to withdraw visas for those people who were supposedly coming over to the UK to compete. And yeah, I think it was. I think it was a Russian basketball team, but I think the blanket statement that Pretty Patel put out, and obviously it caused fucking chaos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think she was what what she had essentially meant for that was that anybody representing the country itself so the national team of russia like the national football team russia the national basketball team something yes, representing on a global scale and not um not pertaining to to individuals now i think i, I can't remember which uh which person which uh, minister it was we have a a myriad of fuck fuckwits <laughs> that you listen to on a, on a on a daily basis um they alluded to um individuals also being prohibited at, at the same time which also added to the to the pandemonium and and the concerns but um i think is, is is it right that the ufc have well i don't know for certain but you one one let, let's let's hypothesize let's say hypothetically they did um they did petition and speak to the home officer. i'm sure they, the conversation must have been had i'm sure given, given the global climate yeah that and the government's crackdown on Abramovich, as I mentioned beforehand, I'm sure a conversation was had. Was was a conversation like was was that valid? Part of me and were, were they right? Part of me thinks, yeah, I, I I think so because again, as I said said beforehand, um, Alexander Volkov and Timur Valev, they've shown no public support of Vladimir Putin, and I haven't seen anything in the past of them being being associates to him. And as we've spoken about beforehand with Habib and uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, um, even if they had in the past, you don't know how much of that is a, oh, you better pose for a photo with me, otherwise your, your family, you, you have to pay deference to somebody. So um, yeah, I'm not, to, to be honest, were the UFC right in doing so? I, I, I think so, because going back on what I said beforehand, uh, individuals shouldn't be punished for the acts of one one madman and his and, and his armies. So, um, I I think the UFC actually got it right in in this instance. And I mean, <laughs> we don't say it often, but fa fair play to Dana for for doing this. And no, um, oh, if if I say this, then no, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna use that turn of phrase. I was gonna say I'm not cowering to the media to the to, uh, not not cowering to the demands of uh, of people, but. No, I I, th I think they got this right because also what you have to think of is as well as Kyra so so rightly pointed out is uh, that people are subsequently losing their their livelihoods because of this and the ability to earn like just the, just the war in general. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would have been wrong for to for the UFC to cancel that that, that matchup and stop uh, Volkov from competing or or any of their Russian athletes. So that that that's my stance. 100%. No, totally agree with you. 100% agree with you. 
So moving swiftly on, I'm going to spin the bottle and it is pointing to Kyrus Bodley. Listen, y'all got us fucking depressed talking about real world consequences. How about we talk about something that doesn't have me fucking dying on the inside? I would, this is an <laughs> MMA show. I want to talk about some goddamn MMA. Alex Pereira fought Bruno <laughs> Silva. How about that? How about we talk about some MMA for once, guys? Anyway, Alex fought Bruno Silva to a decision. It was 30-27. And I saw a lot of people hyping up Bruno. Not Yeah, they, well, they are hyping up Bruno for yeah. being durable and giving it to him and sticking to his word. And he deserves to be accommodated. He, he, he did what he said. He said, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm going to stand up and trade. He did stand up and trade. And although he got outstruck pretty badly, he, it was like 170 to 74. He still did what he said. And he didn't get knocked out. He stood up tall against oh no, the number one pound for pound kickboxer and didn't get knocked out. That doesn't look good for Alex Pereira. If it doesn't look good for Kevin Lee fighting Diego Sanchez and not dominating how we expected him to dominate, it does not look good for Alex Pereira for fighting this guy and not dominating the way he should be dominating. Bruno Silva had a lot of momentum too on him. He was on like a seven fight winning streak and it was like three or four in the UFC. So he had like, he had some experience on his side yeah in, in terms of mixed martial arts but it's still combat sports experience versus combat sports alex still has 100 something 50 fights with kickboxing so it's like all right it's and y'all were kickboxing so for, for him to go out there and not knock him down or maybe not finish the fight i think alex has reached his ceiling for what he can produce in combat sports because the competition is only going to incrementally increase and in the middleweight division we got some. I think Paulo Costa is coming back down to 185. I think Brunson is not going to leave after one more fight. I think Cannonier is still in the wake and he's going to be sitting there taking out opponents. And don't People forget about like, my boy Luke Rockhold. Don't forget Luke about Rockhold. If he, if he makes it back, I think he got injured again, right? Oh, did he? Oh, shit. Fair enough. I, that, that would be a good fight. That would be a great fight, but I think he, mm -hmm. I think he's hurt. Maybe not, though. I could be wrong. But like, there's a whole bunch of people who I think would take it to him. Luke would take him down and drown him. Luke would what take Alex down Strickland? and it'll be a cold day in hell before I hype up Sean Strickland for him. <laughs> so, there are a lot of there are a lot of contenders who can put it on him, and I don't think Alex is even going to make it within spitting distance of Israel. I got two questions for y'all. One, what's the ceiling for Alex Pereira ranking wise? Two, who are some matchups in the top five who he could actually beat? Okay, because I could be wrong, and I want to go with the lovely, the queen, the sire, Gina. Um, listen, I don't know rankings off the top of my head and I don't have my laptop up, but I will say this. He's not beating anyone in the top five. I'm just one of those folks. I think he's going to beat up people that we saw last night. What is Bruno Silva's, uh, <laughs> ranking? You know, he has, what is he outside the top 15 yeah. inside the top? Yeah. That's who he should be fighting. If you, if you remember this, when he fought, uh, when Alex fought at UFC 264, I can't remember this fighter's name. I just know that he's Greek. Yeah. That Greek fighter was winning the fight. Why? Because he was wrestling him and holding him down. Alex threw a flying knee that was gorgeous and well-timed, but it was very telling of what could happen in the future is that a fighter that can eat a couple shots, be defensively sound, and wrestle can beat him. And last night, someone who didn't even wrestle was only wobbled a couple times with a stanky leg, of course, but he did not drop and he went to decision. I think Alex Pereira, like like. Kairos has said he's hit his ceiling. So all this talk about him fighting Izzy and even Alex has been saying, oh, Izzy's hiding from me. No, sir, he's not. He's a mixed martial artist. You are not. And you're going to have, Alex is going to have to be fed certain matchups so that he looks good 
And that's why he should be in the UFC. I don't want him pushing for a title because he's going to get smoked. Keep giving him guys like Bruno and we're going to have a good time. You know, I say everything I just said, I still want him in the UFC. I still want to see him fight. I don't want to see him on a title. Do you know who in the, who in the top 15 who I think they're going to give him next? Unless, oh. unless this person's already got a matchup. Edmund Shabazian. Oh, somebody, so that somebody good. that was somebody that will strike with him. Somebody will strike with it. Yeah, so I, I, I could see, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Although the matchup that I'd love to see is a Nasser Adina Mayov fight. That would be. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Oh that'd my be god. A dope matchup, but but he's it, got some wrestling on the low. Yeah. Even though he prefers to strike, he's still Russian. Even though he fights out of France, and you can hear the French coming out his corner. He's motherfucking Russian. Yeah. He knows how to wrestle like the rest of them. He just prefers to strike, but that still would be a good matchup because he doesn't like to wrestle. He wants to stand and bang. So that'd be a good fight for Alex. Exactly. And also, I didn't even realize um, Chris Weidman is still in the rankings. He's a, he's, a, he's a fourth. But I'm just saying, I'm just, all right. All right. This, is a, this man is, was once the most feared middleweight on the planet. Let's give him some respect. Not right? anymore. Uh, yeah, no, of course, of course. But you're talking about matchups. Um, that he could win, that's that. That's I a think Chris. I like Chris's chances. I like Chris's chances. Okay, I, all right. I just disrespected him, but I like his yeah. chances. He, I, he I, would I take mean, him to the I ground and choke looking, him out or something. Yeah, but you're thinking of the Weidman of however many years ago, like even the Weidman that came back and beat Gasolim and uh, in New York, like that. That guy, sadly, he's no longer here, and that, like it pains me to say that because I I loved watching his come up. But and his chin is kind of weak. And you saw that's last what I'm night, yeah, that like, left hook last night yeah. was nasty. Like the way, <laughs> he was, the way Pierre was breaking his guard with some hooks too, that shit was nasty. I don't know if Chris can eat that like Bruno yeah, exactly. did. I mean, it's like, and it's no, it's no but, on him. It's just wear and tear over the years. That's, that's sadly yeah. the case. But Chris, they, like, but Chris can take him down, submit him oh, oh, or of course, drown him. He does, yeah. All right. Okay. So let's look at, so I said Edmund, uh, Chris Weidman. Andre Muniz, he ain't, he ain't winning that fight. Uh, if Muniz manages to close the distance and get a hold of him, that shit's a wrap. Um, yeah. Tavares, Tavares would, would stand That's in That's what I'm going to say. The UFC is one. not, the UFC literally, anytime someone's trying to get into the 15, they're like, Brad Tavares, fight him. If you could beat him, we'll let you in. You can't beat him, we ain't letting you in. They literally keep. That's like the Brad top 15 gatekeeper. <laughs> they <laughs> literally use him for that. They they use him for that for everybody. As, as, if, oh, he's, great. as if he's an older fighter, but he's not. Yes, like, he's not. <laughs> they just are like, you want to get in, we're giving you Brad Tavares. We'll see. Like every time. Yeah, remember so, Edmund kicked him in the face real quick? Yeah, yeah. that's sad. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Mike, you're muted. You've been muted for the past 15 minutes, and I thought that you wanted it to be muted, so that's why I didn't say anything. Right, like, I was like, what muted. happened to Mikey? <laughs> yeah, so are you going to answer? Are you going to contribute to the MMA discussion, or are you? <laughs> now I'm going to bring it back to politics. I'm oh, only here. Man. I'm only here. <laughs> it's too politics. This is not the BBC. This has to be shots fired. I, I think you're being a bit harsh there. Um, I do see him cracking the, the top 15. And if, if these rankings are correct, oh. I'm looking at, I mean, the, these rankings seem to contain Darren Till. Are you telling me that he can't get past Darren Till? It, it's, a, it's a genuine question. That's a good matchup. Good hey, well, don't you have any Darren Till slander on this fucking <laughs> podcast, mate? He's hanging out with Shamayev. But so he doesn't I, work I do like agree. that, though. I, He's I not going to get his chance. 
I, I do agree with you though. He won't break top five, but definitely he'll break top fifteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He'll get he'll get into the top fifteen. I, I, I think so. I think like maybe two more wins. Two, yeah, but they've got to be they've got to be very, very, uh, very careful who they who they. I make. don't think very he's gonna get in. Top fifteen. Here's why. Who yes, has the rankings up? Who's in the I 14? I have them right like, now. So, okay, yeah. you go, all right. Let's spout them off. All right, okay. So, 15, Edwin Shabazzian. So. 14, Chris Weidman. 13, Andre Muniz. 12, Brad Tavares. 11, Nasruddin Amayev. Gastelum, 10, Uriah Hall at 9, Darren Till, 8, Hermanson, 7. And then you've got Brunson, Strickland, and Costa joint fourth. Oh. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier, and Robert Whitaker at the top. Oh, I'm good right there with everything you said. He's not touching the top 15. I'm with you, Kyle. So you're, you're, telling, you're, telling front. Me, you're telling me that he, he, we just said that he could possibly beat Edmund Sabasi and Chris Weidman. And we just said that Darren Till would be I a would, good matchup. Do I think Chris Weidman might be. No, no, no. I take that back. Edmund Shabazzian will be a good fight for him, but I think Edmund can beat him. Um, Chris Weidman's like 50-50. I think he struggles with the 15. I'm with Kairos. I think he struggles. Those Darren are some Till? really good names. I think he can beat Brad Tavares, maybe. Darren Till? I'm, okay. Y'all, y'all know I think Darren Till is overrated. I'm unsure. I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Yes, he can beat Darren Till, but they're not going to give him Darren Till off rip, though. That's what I'm saying. They're going to give him either 15, 14, or 13. And I think 15, 14, or 13 can all beat him, which is why I don't think he's going to get into the top 15. The only way he gets in is if they're like, let's find an opponent who's in the top 15 he can beat, who's not 15, 14, 13, and roll them at him. That's the only way he gets in. Because uh-huh. I think straight up, I think he tries and beats Weidman. Weidman takes a shot, gets wobbled, dies for his ankles, takes him down, and he does not get up. Because if there's anything, Question. Weidman, Weidman can... Question though, y'all think Darren Till beats Alex Pierre? No, I, I, no. I, I don't. <laughs> and, and, no. And, and like, no. It, okay. I mean, okay. just making sure because I don't think no. so either. No, I think it would be a very, very close fight. I, I generally don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> I he ain't doing that. It's over for he ain't. Darren ain't getting no close fight with Alex. He ain't getting no. Darren's gonna throw three yeah. strikes around. Alex is gonna throw fifty around. The end of the score is gonna be one fifty to nine. It's done. That, that boy. Because they're going to kickbox, and Alex no. is the better kickboxer. That's just yeah. what I see. Yeah. Darren's not going for a takedown, and he's going to throw that that hard left he likes to throw, and that one kick to the body, maybe, that's it. And Alex is just going to maintain. And yeah. I don't know, after what I saw last night with those hooks, breaking the guard, the knees, the fly, the time flying knee, like, nah, I think he gets there. All them doubters now. Honestly, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I think maybe because I have a relationship with Darren that I'm I'm, oh. I'm looking through Scouse Scouse tinted glasses, but I'm, but I, I'm truly confident that he he'll come back and he'll be in contention soon. I I, I truly do. Like I know I'm going off on, on a tangent here away from the. From He's the always in contention. If he wins one fight, they no, I know, I know, but like I mean, uh, okay, he, uh, like I'm, I mean, like true proper contention, like you know, uh, where okay. contention where the fans actually deem him worthy to be where right like, where he is. Um, Sanger, yes. he got his hand up. <laughs> is there is there reception down there? Oh, shut up, bro. Underneath down Till's balls, you're an idiot. What are you saying? Not the ball sack. Not the ball sack. No, bro. What are you saying? 
No, I'm just saying I think that he's gonna have he's gonna have a renaissance. Mike, I'm pretty sure at one moment in time you probably would have written off a, a man who deserves a knighthood, in my opinion, Sir Michael Bisping. I'm sure you would have written off his chances. Yeah, I, if I Michael Bisping was to have competed now, like the uh, and he was to have had the, the exact same run, people would be saying, "Oh, Michael Bisping's a bum. Michael Bisping's a so and so and a so and so." But you know what? What did the man do? The man kept grafting. And speaking of, I'm going to speak to Michael tomorrow about his uh, his documentary. But he kept on grafting. He got he got the win over Anderson Silva, and then that set up that's that set up history for the UK. So I'm not writing off Darren Till. Clip this is Darren Till to Clip this is the promo. Clip this is the promo. Darren Till will be UFC champion. He, at some he point wants the promo. <laughs> Clip this. Clip this as the promo. I was. I'm, I'm, go, yeah, I'm going with it. Wow. Do not compare those two. Don't compare. They want to act like. History loves to just lie. We're not going to act like Darren Till was anywhere near where Michael Bisping was when he was getting ready ever. to go on that run. Thank you. No, no, I'm, not yeah, saying, I'm not saying, maybe not now, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> this Let is some wishful ass. Let me this, Michael <laughs> that was my Brandon Moreno impression. And Listen, when Darren goes to glory kickboxing, I need you to say all these things. Except for when he's in glory. No, he's going to make a title run at glory because he is a true kickboxer, but he's not better than Alex Pierre. I tell you that. I, I, okay, just, just well, just wait. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what what happens if he trains with Chimaev consistently, and hopefully, he's putting himself in uncomfortable positions. I think he deserves credit for um, for going over to All Stars, and he, I think he was there for like a a couple of weeks. He's getting different looks because okay. what a lot of people a lot of people do they just stay in their comfort zone and the um we, we've talked about this before in kairos uh used the example of conor mcgregor who probably should have up sticks a long time ago no disrespect to john kavanagh i, I like him a lot but for your okay. development as a mixed martial artist or in any field uh, the, uh, for whatever you do you need to you need to have change but uh, and, and darren's doing that but anyway let's go back to uh to the order order of play because We've been moving wild today for some reason. I love it. <laughs> I think you're up next. Is it me? Manga Malata. Oh, so, um, so Dustin Poirier was interviewed backstage at UFC, UFC Vegas 50, and I, f- I forget the name of the the fighter who who, who he's cornering. Um, it's uh, it was on the tip of my tongue beforehand, but anyway, inevitably in the post fight interview, the topic of the the post-fight call-out after uh, Colby Covington's victory over Jorge Masvidal uh, last weekend. It was last weekend. Yeah, it seems uh, seems like it longer. Now, as soon as Colby was midway through his, his speech, I, and people can call me sensitive and we can have a discussion about this, I, I, I recoiled. I recoiled at his post-fight call-out of Dustin Poirier. And if... Uh, I don't have the the exact quotes here, but um, he mentioned Dustin Poirier's, I believe, four year old daughter. Is she called uh, Harper? Is she, called, I think, I think that's her name. Anyway, if I'm if I'm forgetting it, uh, if I'm getting it wrong, I, I do apologize. But um, the you, I I think you can tell the sentiment of what I'm about to about to discuss and, and and lay down. I mean, where do we draw the line now? Um, in, in combat sports when it comes to, to trash talk. I know the, the Conor Habib uh, build-up well and truly muddied the waters in terms of what was deemed palatable and acceptable by, by the general masses. And uh, obviously we know about the, um, 
there, there, there was a big element of uh, Islamist phobia. There, there was a massive element of Islamophobia in, in, in terms of some of the things of what, what Connor said. And uh, I've got the clip if you want me to pull it up. Okay, yeah, yeah, f please feel, feel free. Now on to business, yo. I just took care of Miami street trash. Now it's time to take care of Louisiana swamp trash. Where you at, Dustin Poirier, you cop? You said it's on site. Name the site, Dustin. Bring that down to the bell of the white. Bring that to the corner's in, and I'll see you soon. You're next. Yeah, when he, when he said that, before he even said your name, I, I literally recoiled. I was just like, how on earth are you going to bring a an innocent and and yeah, a complete innocent child into your your pre-fight amble to try get a to try, to try get a, a a big payday. I mean, I, and and I tweeted this the uh, I think twenty four hours after the fight or whenever I got back from Vegas, and people were like, "Oh, it's a fight game, bro. It's acceptable. He's just hyping up the fight to make the month make money." For me, there there is there are some lines that, that well, yeah, children is a line that you definitely do not cross. I don't care in what in, in, in what aspect of, of whatever like ch children is something that you that you don't is something you, you don't bring up. So to, yeah, as as I said that I, I I tweeted it and amazingly and to my surprise that so many people this was acceptable to them. It was like and they 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 almost were relishing the matchup further because he brought up his child and um, and previously in, in the media day, I didn't, I didn't clock, clock at the time, but then I went back and then he basically said that, um, yeah, he, he basically said that uh, Dustin's daughter is, is, is Connor's daughter, which is just, yeah. I mean, wait, okay. So my, my question to you is, is uh, how on earth has this become palatable? And where do we draw the line? Where where is the line now? If you're allowed to talk about people's children and suggest that they're the spawn of other fighters, and I'm gonna go to gonna go to G first in this one. I think that there is no line drawn in the UFC because I think fans and the you know the organization they support this, so I don't think you can really make a line you know drawn with this. You can't really do anything. About why? Because when Kobe makes comments like this, his fans go crazy and they actually like it. So that means they support it. That means there's clicks on the internet. That means possibly someone is buying the pay-per-view about him actually talking shit about that kid, God forbid, is going to get people to watch that fight if they do fight. People like this crap. You know what I'm saying? And also, he's not the only person doing this. Sean Strickland has been talking about killing people. Um, not not giving homeless people money, disrespecting the LGBT uh, community, saying god awful things, and then having a lackluster fight by jabbing someone. But that's a whole nother conversation. But he does tout this whole serial killer thing. I've even heard other fighters say that it's cringe and they're uncomfortable by it. But yet he still keeps doing it. Why? Because he's getting traction. You know, the the bottom of the barrel, the dregs of society, like Sean Strickland, they like Kobe. People that are not good people, people that are gross and like this shit. They like homophobia. They like racism. They they fucking like insulting, you know, children. They don't cringe when somebody talks about somebody's kid. Those people like this, and it's going to continue to happen. But for me, I think when somebody like Khalil Roundtree comes around, I don't know if you guys heard his uh, post-fight speech last night. After he violently dispatched his opponent, this man got up, 
and wanted to, and said that he wanted to make a difference, especially when it came to folks with mental health issues, because he can relate. And that touched a lot of people and it touched me as well. So what I do is I focus on people like that. I focus on people that can be in a violent sport, but also put out good, positive energy. And I think we need to focus on that and not focus on what Kobe's saying, but if Dustin and them was to ever fight, oh, we gonna watch that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just try to stay away from all of that. But when people are locked in the cage and even though they disgust me, I'm a fight fan, let's go. And plus, when fighters talk like that, I kind of want to see them get murdered. So I kind of play into it myself as well. Like, because Kobe said that, if Dustin fights him on site or in a cage, I'll support it. I fully fucking support it. So. Chisanga, ain't nothing you can do about this. You can't draw a line. You can't, even if you want to. Kairos? I need you to repeat the questions. <laughs> I was basically saying, where do we draw the line of uh, when, when it comes to trash talking? How is talking about somebody's children and suggesting they're the, they're, they're the offspring of, of somebody else in, the, in, in an affair, how has that become palatable and acceptable in the fan, in the fan base? Um, well, for how we've enabled it, and the funny thing is, G, uh, G touched on it. These these fighters who constantly do this appeal to the lowest common denominator of society. You have people; they're appealing to the people who don't go outside and talk to people and have real conversations with people, and they think that this this shit flies in the real world. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna champion him because he keeps it real. He tells it how it is." Bitch, you aren't even how the fuck you know what real is. But that's not the point. And then, as far as where do we draw the line? Um. I want to, I really, really want to draw the line at that area, but I also am, I can't be a hypocrite about this. I watch battle rap. Okay. So okay. for me to come, for me to get in front of this camera right now, and for me to say, you cannot talk about people's children and women, and you gotta, I just can't, even with a straight face, I cannot do it because it is, it is much worse from what I hear. So I'm, I'm sorry. But also in this situation too, I think the best thing Dustin Poirier can do to punish this behavior is to not fight Colby whatsoever. Yeah. Not fight, not give him the force that bozo to fight people in his division who are ranked linear to him. Don't even address in the media no more. Don't do on-site gangster shit. Cause I don't I don't think it matters the situation. I think if you go after Colby, you're gonna lose. I think I'll just keep it a buck. But the best, the only I way agree. he can win is to not fight him. Let him fucking shout out into the ether and let him have to actually find a contender this time. All right, so I know you brought up the, the example of battle rap, but there's almost like a, there's a un, there's like an unspoken and unwritten agreement that you can talk about, oh, your mom or your wife, your like you, do you know what I mean? In in battle rap, it's almost an un, it's almost like an un, unspoken agreement. Whereas with this, it's not it's not necessarily the same. I get I get. Uh, why you were saying why you felt conflicted as if you couldn't necessarily uh, you can uh, chastise Colby for it but I, I think there's a kind there's a, there's a little bit of a difference there is a difference but also I'm a person who does not believe in unspoken rules speak the rules let mm -hmm. it be known I don't like when people throw in rules made by gangsters who didn't like when people say always no women no children no xyz gangsters are the people who inst who instilled those rules and nine times out of 10, those people aren't following the rules. So we're basing our ideals on the premise of people who are criminals who don't even follow those said rules that they expect us to follow. 
that's why I think it's just like, I'm not going to even put myself in front of this train to get ran over by, because I'm, I'd be a hypocrite if I do that. A, B, I think the whole principle of this is foolishness because the people who made it, like I said, I'm not going to repeat it. That's just my point. Mr. Morgan. I think uh, Kairos and G are right. Everything that they said there, I'm just going to be repeating, but just to kind of like interject uh, a, a little bit of a, a different slant on this. And that is, I do see Dana White being the personification of the UFO. <laughs> I do see what Connor has said in the past and what uh, Colby is saying currently. It's almost as though it's things that he would like to say, but knows, given his position, that he can't. So he is speaking, and um, sorry, Colby is speaking almost uh, for him. And I tell you why I believe this is because of the lack of him being reined in, the lack of castigation, the lack of sanction. When it was Connor, I kind of like convinced myself that this was just because he had so much control, because he had such a stranglehold on the uh, UFC in terms of being bigger than the brand. But now that I see Colby doing it and Colby getting away with it, two things come to mind. One's a bit late to actually um, shut the door after the horse has bolted, after you've let Connor do what he has done. Two, I don't think that he has deep down an issue of what's being said, because if he had, as I said, you would see some serious reprimand, but you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that. I, 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 I feel that one day somebody's just going to come out with a racial epithet. Someone's just going to say it. As like, it already has. Cody Durden told someone to go back to China. Oh, but okay, but like, uh, like uh, Cheeto, Cheeto called Yasudong a Chinaman. You know, like. It's 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 we're we're gonna get closer to the hard n word, but we're there. We're there. Cowboy said it twice. <laughs> they don't no, care. But I, no, 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 under no, the, like the UFC banner, like at yeah, a press conference and a post, saying, like yeah. not on Instagram. No, no, uh, no, outside of the the, the 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 promotion. We're talking about inside inside the. Promotion. Yeah, it's coming. I, I think. Yeah, you know. I don't think it is. I don't think because I think a lot of these people understand a lot of these people are stupid. Yeah. But I think a lot of them are cowards, too. And they know the exact line. Like That's it, true. They know the exact line that they, so they're going to stick their head over. But I, they're going to put the, they are. But you know what, line. Kairos? I think you're right, because they kind of know to just kind of say it to the Asian like fighters, because if you notice, the Asian fighters are a bit more docile when it comes to like, hey, don't say that. That's a racial slur. Yeah. Like, so I think that's why you're hearing more of go back to Asia or like China man. I really doubt that Cheeto would tell someone to go back to Africa, you know? Black people would have been like, excuse me? You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> it's, it's to me, I'm not trying to be ignorant or anything, but it does seem like the Asian community or the Asian fighters kind of just like ignore it or whatnot and don't really like go at that fighter when they use racial slurs. But I think if you say that, imagine saying that to Bobby Green, you know, like he's not gonna really keep quiet about that. In fact. He was the one that discussed Cowboy using the N-word at the gym. So I think Kyrus is right. They kind of know what line to, you know, to tote as far as racial slurs, but you never know. They're really stupid, some of them. So, you, you know, you never know. I would not be surprised is what I'm saying if somebody hit the hard ER okay. at a press conference or they didn't think the mic was on or something. Like, don't, you know, you and never know. It's, then afterwards, they'll be like, juicy smell. Like, I'm not suicidal. I'm not. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, he needs to go in and go out and just lay down. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Justin need a nap. Justin need a nap. <laughs> As you've got the mic, G, your oh, show with what are you bringing to the table? Well, I'm going to have to be Debbie Downer. I hate that we're all laughing and whatnot, but my topic is, a, is very serious and I'm going to try to cover it as ginger as possible. We all know about the allegations that are being you know, discussed with Cain Velasquez. And I think we know the gist of the story, which is that he engaged in an 11 mile car chase and he rammed his car into another vehicle that had three people in it. After ramming the car, he shot at the vehicle and he struck one person. Again, there was three people in the car. Come to find out, one of the people in the car is someone that had access to a daycare and free range to this daycare. And from what I'm hearing, that person is a pedophile and possibly molested Kane's um, daughter or son. They're saying a relative, but as the case progresses, I'm hearing daughter and then now I'm hearing the son. Nonetheless, this person um, molested Kane's relative and that's why Kane reacted so violently. So he was arrested for that. And also he shot the wrong person. He shot the pedo's father. Now the, um, the pedo's father recovered, but it's still an attempted murder charge. And I do believe they hit him with other charges as far as the, 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 the car chase and the ramming of the vehicle. And just to let you guys know, there's been more details lately. Um, he was denied bail. And he was, in my opinion, he was denied bail because if he was that aggressive in trying to pursue and harm the pedophile, he might do it again. So I think, you know, the justice system, the, the judge is like, you know what, you can't be trusted right now, why don't we just keep it in the bag? And on top of that, the GoFundMe that was started for Kane was shut down because GoFundMe has a policy where you cannot fundraise for someone that is involved in the act of violence in the judiciary system. So what? his GoFundMe, yes, yes, because of the charge, the yeah, attempted I mean, murder. Yeah, they have some sort of policy. Illegal defense. For illegal defense, you can't. Yes. No, was, what I mean is, didn't Kyle Rittenhouse get a GoFundMe? And didn't well, that's he a whole it? nother conversation. Okay. Yes, but they took, yes, but they took Cain Velasquez's down like this. So we all know the details of what happened. Mike, you're a father. Uh, Chisanga, the way you keep getting married, you're going to be a father. So... Um, <laughs> Kairos be making trips on the late night, you know, so he, you know, he going to be a father. <laughs> so <laughs> I think the only person here that's not due to be a parent is me. Thank God. <laughs> so with that being said, with all the fathers on the show, was Kane justified in what he did and should he face jail time? And I'm going to start with Mike. I don't think he was justified in shooting the wrong person. Obviously I would have liked to have seen him use his bare hands to rip that pedophile from the car and quite rightly and you know I, I i feel no compunction or no i feel no fear or favor in saying this and beating that man to death because everybody i feel will agree that you don't have to be a father you don't have to be uh somebody who um has a nephew or a niece to actually understand that there's a sickness at play here and there's a sickness which is unforgivable. And I don't think the justice system is something which should be given to a pedophile. 
And that is what is going to happen here. This man is beyond justice. Yes, he was justified in retribution, but no, he was wrong, obviously, to shoot the wrong person. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you, 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 hit, you hit the nail on the head there, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't even fathom the, 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 the rage and the fury that would have overcome Cain to, um, yeah, once he learned of the, the, the horrible and earth, earth shattering news. I mean, like, uh, once you hear that and once you process that, that's never going to go away. Like that, and, and you feel for his, for his door, it's ever so, so, ever so more. Like, I mean, it might not manifest itself now or in 10 years time or what have you, but that, that will never go away. And like, she'll be feeling the repercussions and like we, we we hope and we pray that they 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 aren't too bad for her. But was Kane justified in in what he was doing? Yeah, a hundred percent. Any, as Mike said, you don't have to be a father or or whatever. But if that happened to a, a a friend's child of mine or what have you, or or even if I just saw it happening like or happening in the street and just a regular child like who I didn't know or what like. I'd, I'd do my best to hunt down that man and give him an absolute fucking pasting to, but so yeah. So Kane C- 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 was justified. Kane was completely justified, but the only situ- the only problem with him, well, with, with, with the, with the method and everything that what happened is that obviously <laughs> it was a chase for 11 miles. Now I think a judge and a jury would have a lot more sympathy if it was an example of he'd found out and then, he saw the guy across the street and he saw red. But the problem is with this, that obviously, yes, I, I think he probably would have been seeing red for a prolonged period of time. He wouldn't have been totally sound of mind, but it was the fact that it was 11 miles and there's multiple times to, in the eyes of the law, to calm down, to, to, to gather your senses and to, and to remove yourself from the situation. So that's, that's where I think the, the premeditated part of the, of the, of the murder charge comes in. But, Cain Velasquez was 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 completely right, but and it, it pains me to say this. It really pains me to but you that you cannot take the law into your own hands. And like even though the law has failed you in letting that that sick person out in, and back uh, back into society with, well, we, well, we don't know if they were on a tag or whatever. But they shouldn't be out in society after after one act of, of, of anything like that, even though the justice system has failed you, you can't take it into your, your, your own hands. And like, it, it's, it's truly, truly heartbreaking. It, it, it really is because I think as, as, as you said there, most, most fathers or most parents, if they had the opportunity to, to confront their, um, their, uh, their, their child's abusers or like their niece or their nephew they abusers, they would do exactly the same thing in that instance. So, I mean, like, I'm I'm almost actually welling up just even talking about it because I can't even imagine the like how 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 he was feeling like when he when he went through it. I mean, I just I just I just hope and pray that. Well, I I don't know whether this is going to be a jury case or whether it's just going to be a judge presiding over this. But I I I truly hope that they see they take into account all the facts and the and in the situation when when it when it comes to sentencing him and like i mean he, he he will have to do some sort of time but i hope that they do take those into consideration i'm gonna jump in real quick kairos before i give you the mic and get your thoughts 
here's my thing on it. I think that he's completely justified in what he did because I have compassion for him and I cannot imagine being able to get your hands on somebody that has committed sexual acts on a child and that child being your own or your niece or your nephew. And I think honestly, when it's your own, it might even be, I'm not a parent, so I can't even imagine. It might even be more impactful than seeing somebody doing that to a straight. You can see somebody doing that to a kid in the street and you don't even know them and you're gonna burn up. Can you imagine your child? Yeah. So the compassion that I have for him is, is, I can't even articulate myself. However, if he had harmed somebody in the process of doing this and it was somebody related to you, you'd feel differently about this. Can yeah. you imagine if he had missed and shot your mom? in a car parked next to the vehicle. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, like, no, I know what and, you mean. Yes. And this, I hate to play devil's advocate. I hate to sound like I don't have compassion for Kane, but he does need to serve some sort of time for the vigilanteism. I'm saying it wrong. But you cannot put people's li lives in danger like that. But I have compassion because I can't imagine getting that information and being able to get your hands on him. But I am with Mike. I wish he would have beat the man to a pulp. Yeah. Because I feel like when you beat someone to a pulp, even if they're really hurt, the judge will look upon that. You used your hands. You didn't hurt anybody else in the process. The guy's still alive, but he's beat up. You're using a firearm, registered or not, and you hit the wrong person, and then an 11-mile chase, and then you fled from the police. Innocent people could have been harmed. And that's why they're not giving him bail. You, your intent was to kill him, and now they got to protect the fucking pedo? Fucking gross. And also, too, investigate the pedo. Why not open the case of what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Like, how come we're not hearing anything about that pedo's case? Kane went after him, but what's going on? Was he charged? Is he under arrest? Does he have a, is he on house arrest? Does yeah. he have a fucking necklace? Does he have a fucking, um, whatever the shit, the bracelet on his ankle? Does he have a criminal record? Is he going to jail for this? Kane did this for a reason, right? So where the fuck are the criminal charges for that dude and the investigation into him? You know, perhaps Kane would not have needed to do street justice if they had fucking done something in the first place. Yep. With that being said, did, should he get a slap on the wrist for endangering somebody and shooting the wrong person? Slap on the wrist, yes. But I don't think there should be a considerable amount of jail time and they should have compassion for a father losing it and being impulsive at that moment because we all would fucking do that shit. Kairos, what do you think? I think we're going to disagree. I think it became unjustifiable when the intended target wasn't the person who got hurt. That's well, that's where mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I guess like we are in agreement then. We agree. No, I agree. Because if that had been my relative or yours, yeah. this conversation would be totally different if your mother got popped while Kane was going after somebody. I'm telling everybody, free Kane, free Kane, let your mother, your brother, or somebody get popped while Kane was chasing that man. You wouldn't be saying none of this. Go ahead, Kairos. I interrupt you. No, it's okay. But as for like a few things I'm thinking. So with the other dude's case, I'm pretty sure he's out on bail and his trial's still ongoing. So I think Kane's okay. like, I ain't waiting for this shit. I'm taking it. But I was looking at his charges and I was like reading different definitions of different charges or different crimes. I feel like the DA really is trying to make an example out of him because it's attempted first degree murder. It's like that is, wasn't his intended target. A. B. I don't, I feel like it should be a lesser charge than attempted because you can get life. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that comes with a life sentence. And I think like you, life isn't life. So you could like, but it's still like, I feel like that's an extremely high charge for someone who he wasn't trying to kill, getting hurt, like getting, getting injured like that. 
So there's definitely some fuckery going on in the justice system. And I know California is a little bit weird with how they, uh, like you can get charged for the same crime in the same state in California, but because it happened at different times during the year, that could affect your sentencing, that could affect a lot of different things. So I don't know if they're just like, we have to put this on him and whatever, whatever happens. But like, I just know that that state's a little bit weird, but I think that's a little bit harsh of a charge. I may, think, I happen, I may I happen real quick with one of my concerns? The fact that he's a former UFC fighter is not working for him, yep. okay? And one, this case became sensationalized. There are gonna be a lot of people that are not gonna feel for him because they're going to think this is a natural reaction of a man that is a cage fighter. Yeah. Do you understand? Like people right now are like, who's this guy? And then they look him up in a bloodbath with fucking Bigfoot Silver. This, that's the sick. People don't see him the way me, you, Mike, and we, MMA fans see Kane. Y'all got to understand that. We love this dude. We know he's a family guy. We know he's soft-spoken. He's, he loves his Mexican parents. He comes out to their music. He's got a beautiful tattoo of Mexican friends. You know what I mean? Like, we see him differently. Everybody else is hitting Google and like, this man was a fighter. He's Mexican. You think the jury won't, won't be thinking these things? They're not MMA fans. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I am really, really concerned with how he's viewed. And also this has become sensationalized, but I will say this, he has a celebrity attorney. Um, I forget his name, Gregoros or something. I, he's been on a lot of celebrity. Um, he's good is what I'm saying. I'll get the name and hit y'all in the DMs afterwards. I should have looked it up, but he's got a really good and expensive attorney. So that's got me feeling good. But I am worried about his former career and that he's Mexican. And how he looks, you know. Wow. You can't forget the justice system and how it plays differently for people that are brown. So. I hear that. Yeah. And you know, underpinning his primary motivation, maybe just maybe that was another motivating factor for him to, you know, enact his own justice. Yeah, I think so. This guy's out on bail. Yeah. parents don't feel like these people should be out on bail i don't either yeah. like so he can be out on bail go to a playground and do it again exactly and was he barred from the daycare why was he, why did he even have access to a daycare how did this even happen yeah i i'm yeah i mean at, at, he, he he should be under house arrest that, that he, should, he should be under house arrest and the moment he steps out of his front door the alarm goes the feds come that's Thank that's you. that that's what like yeah, I mean. No, but he's at a daycare. He shouldn't have access to social network. He should be registered or like, come on. Yeah. And this is why that man went out there and he did what he did because this is a failure of the justice system as well. His reaction is a failure of the justice. If this man had been locked up or faced some serious consequences while he awaited jail, yeah. would Kane be able to do this? No, he would not. No, exactly. Exactly. So I mean, it's fucked up. But sadly, the justice system won't see that it's an indictment on their own, uh, on, on their own, well, their own processes. It's, no, when they denied him bail, I was like, he's in trouble. When yeah, they denied him yeah. bail, I was, and then the, um, the police department from that, um, wherever it was in California, they, they said that it was unfortunate because it was an act of vigilantism. So it's like, you can already see the theme, yeah. you know, he, he hadn't even faced you know, um, court yet to be released for bail. Like he had just been arrested and their first statement was, mm, this is not good. You can't really take the law into your own hands. And that's when I was like, this ain't looking good. And then they denied his bail. 
And I was like, they denied his bail because they think he's going to go after the guy again. And can you blame him? Look what he did. No. You, you, you know, can. so thank God, you know, he hired this very expensive and famous attorney. And I'm hoping this guy can really get people to soften up, you know, to like to soften yeah. up his image as well and get people to look at him the way we do, you know. Yeah, Kairos, you don't think so? I'm huh? just saying, I I don't I want to be positive. I think it's a wrap. Me too. I really do think it's a wrap. He's gonna have his thirty for thirty. He's gonna like that's happening for him, and it's unfortunate. But it's like, all right, they already hit you with a crazy charge. A, B, you're already in a terrible state for sentencing. Yeah, they will wash you out in California. You will get washed out. You could go in for five, ten, x amount, and you walk out with twenty, thirty because you get in trouble behind there. Do we know if he has a criminal record? Anybody been doing any digging? No, I don't. No, no. I guarantee you. Don't forget that. They're going to be, oh, you stole some gum. Yeah. In 2000, like, it's like, bro, concurrent. Oh, my good. Like, it's bad. So Because even with a clean rap sheet, they're still going to give him something for what he did. So if he doesn't have a clean rap sheet, there's a possibility they also take that to consideration. They have evidence. It's like, okay, there's a video of you racing after him on the highway we have ballistics from you firing the gun into it's like there's no way you're i don't think you're getting acquit. there's no acquittal there's no acquittal on this it's, it's not good. a matter of if it's a matter of how long yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly exactly it just depends yeah i mean well you you, you hope this case goes to a jury and that they, that they can they can um listen the, listen he has a very expensive attorney i'm a firm believer in if you got the money and yeah. you get the right person, sometimes yeah. good things happen for you in court. We've seen it before. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, true. and I'm telling you, his attorney gave me a glimpse of hope. Like I'm he's hoping, a celebrity I'm, attorney. He gets it done. I'm hoping and praying for him, honestly. And uh, I think we all are. Yeah. The, yeah. We definitely Same. You know, just before we go, we have got uh, on our very shores, and that being uh, British shores, UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Aspinall this coming weekend. I just wanted to, well, basically just get our take on what we're looking forward to seeing. I mean, first of all, it's it's a pleasure to see the UFC back on these shores after a three-year hiatus. But for me, it's all about the return of Nathaniel Wood and Vince Morales uh, clashing um Nathaniel Wood on his return but also um still sticking with the prelims Mohamed Mokayev making his incredible debut against Cody Durden um you know that meme with the guy who's kind of like turned up to his ops funeral with his shade I'm getting that, I'm getting that oh, when that actually goes <laughs> But what are you? I, I, yeah, I, sorry, sorry. Like that, the, the, yeah, that Instagram post. Like I, I thought it was fake, but then oh, I shit. actually searched, and then I, it's a real post. Oh, yeah. oh man, that shit killed me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. Okay, so those those are the two really that I'm, I'm so looking forward to. But um, Kairos, what are you looking forward to? UFC London. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. right, I need to check it too. Whilst you wait, whilst you wait, um, whilst he goes through the cards, sorry, I'm looking forward to the Black Country banger, Jai Herbert taking oh, on a bomb. monster in Ilya Taporia. the the size of, the size of the stones on Jai Herbert to take this fight to to welcome Ilya Taporia to the lightweight division. 
this man has got cojones, especially considering he's only just picked up his maiden win in the UFC. And big up for him for it was kind of worthy he, he beat, I, I, I believe, uh, to to get his his first win in the UFC after two two losses um, against Hanato uh, Moncano and. Uh, who's the the super old dude? Francisco Trinaldo. Francisco Trinaldo. Yes, uh, who he was piecing up before he got caught. Yep. Um, you can't yeah. sleep on that old man, though. Yeah, people, people sleep on. <laughs> yes, but going back to uh, yeah, going back to to Jai. I mean, it it it, t- it takes stones to 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 accept that uh, Ilya Tapuria fight, and Ilya Tapuria, who's no longer cutting to to featherweight, who's going to be a different animal coming coming up. Those extra ten pounds and not having to cut. I mean, shout out to Jai for, for taking that fight. I'll be rooting for UK side. I'll be uh, completely unprofessional when Brits are winning. I'll be cheering. I don't even give a, <laughs> don't even give a shit. But uh, also, well, as you said, Mike, uh, Mohamed Makayev's eagerly anticipated UFC debut. I'm actually hoping to get a piece on his journey to the UFC in the newspaper this week. I know you don't buy our newspaper, Mike, but I, uh, I, I will be petitioning for that because it's an incredible story from from refugee to competing in the UFC in the space of nine years after arriving in England not being able to speak a word of English uh what other fight am I looking forward to on the card I'm pretty much looking for I'm looking forward to all the all the fights on the card man I I, I really really am obviously because it's uh it's it's a British centric card but I'm I'm, I'm chuffed and I think most of my interest is mainly in the prelims rather than actually on the, on, on the main, main card, card if, you, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yes, everybody's, everybody's going on about, oh, yeah, Paddy the Baddy's going to be fighting um, Kazula Vargas. But in terms of, like, the progression of of uh, of, of fighters in, in, in their respective divisions, like, I mean, Jack Shure against Timur Valio, that's a massive fight. That's, yeah. a, like, that's a really massive fight. If Jack Shure wins that fight, they should be putting him in, in the top ten. They, they really should be. I, I believe he's what is he three and zero in the in the UFC? Yeah, he's three and zero in the UFC, and, and he looks good. He looks very good. Not he just three and zero. And I'd good. arguably say that he's probably the most well-rounded mixed martial artist that we actually have in the UK. Yeah, I I, I, tr- I truly believe that. So, uh, you know, you know me, like I'm uh, uh, as I said, pre- prelims for me, man. <laughs> the, the the prelims. That's uh, and I I I just can't wait. I can't wait for this crop of the, the golden generation, although I do believe there are some glaring omissions from this card. Um, Leron Murphy should have been on this card. And a man who lives about 15 minutes away from the O2 arena, Mr. Dominique Wooding, should have been on this card. But he'll get his time to shine soon enough. But over to you guys. Over to, to you, Kairos. Speaking of Dominic Wooding, make sure if you're listening that you check out the little mini series that I've been running. It's a Twitter special. Basically, I went behind the scenes with Dominic Wooding and we talked all things why he's not actually on the card and um, potential matchup in the future if he is to be signed up to the UFC between his teammate, Nathaniel Wood. So that's going to drop tomorrow. Uh, I've been um, basically sprinkling bits and pieces over the timeline. If you want to go and check that out, I'm at Mike Woe TV. Causing trouble, bro, between Team GB and them. You, you are. <laughs> That's what it says on the tin. Always no. causing, tr- always making trouble. <laughs> Kairos Bodley, what are you saying, my man? Um, You know, I was going to hype up Gunnar Nelson. Not too happy for that. Don't care. 
you know, I think he might lose and he might be gone for another five years. I'm not going to get emotionally invested. Uh, I agree. Uh, I like, uh, yeah, I like Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker, but I really do think they're doing Dan dirty with this one because it's like, all right, your first fight in the division, here's a tough fucking matchup. Here you go, Dan. Like, I, I don't know. But uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. We'll see, though. Quick question, though. Is Ilya staying at 155? Like, this is a permanent move. He's not going yeah, back to 45. Per- permanent move, bro. Permanent what is move. He? He's doing well at 45. Why would he do that? Weight cut. The weight cut killed eat. him, bro. The weight cut yeah, killed he, him. He want to eat. He never missed weight, though, right? Eat. <laughs> now, did you not see the, he's did, hungry. Did you not see the, 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 the video that... Um, uh, what's his name? It's really going to annoy me. Uh, Georgian mixed martial arts journalist... Uh, nope. Georgie, what's his surname? What's his surname? It's gonna really annoy me. Uh, it'll come, it'll come back to me. But he, uh, Georgie Kokiashvili, he posted. He well, he's he's he, well, he's obviously got connections with uh, the Georgians competing in mixed martial arts, and he shared a video of like just how harrowing the weight cut was for for Ilya. So good, good, on, good on him deciding at such a young age as well to to make to make the move up and not to. Uh, Put extra miles on the clock with uh, grueling weight cuts, but yes, go back going back. Yeah, he he's permanently staying at one fifty five. Nice, wow. good for him. Well, I think I'm up, and I just want to say that I hope like the the bigots on the card get uh, beat the fuck up, and that would be two of them: Cody Durden and uh, Patty Pimblett. They are both fighting at UFC London, and um, I really hope Mohamed Makayev really puts a beating on this kid. You know what I mean? From the things that he said, the, the go back to China comments. And quite frankly, Dana never said anything about that. It was like not a big deal, but I think quiet is kept. The UFC was like, oh, here, take this young and hungry prospect that's basically going to beat your ass from the start of this fight to the end. And I'm totally down for it. At first, I was salty that it wasn't addressed, but I was like, oh, UFC, I see what you're doing. This man is going to tear his ass up. Cody's not ready for him. And Patty's probably going to win, but I'm hoping that there's some type of upset or whatever because I'm not a fan of Patty. But I do like that he's in the UFC, so I'm hoping he gets starched. So those are my two. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be obviously talking about the fallout from UFC London uh, when we record next week. But in the meantime, make sure that you do, if you are listening, take a very close interest in what Sanga Malata's timeline looks like because he'll be covering UFC London, obviously for the scum, sorry, the sun. And, <laughs> and, um, it, it, it will be a sight to behold, I'm sure, with all the access that he'll get. So that wraps up another episode of Shots Fired with it's time to put our guns back in our holsters uh, in time for next week. Until then, peace. <laughs> <laughs>